Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today, we, of course, have got to talk about Matt Gates. Oh, yeah. And his exploits yeah. in the Congress. We're going to touch on Infrastructure Week because it finally oh. is Infrastructure Week. After four years of waiting for it, it oh, has right. finally arrived. Right. And you saw Sound of Metal. I did. And mm, that was good. <laughs> and I also saw Murder Among Mormons, which I can't say too much about, but I will yes, give my, I will give it away. about it. No, it's I'm too, glad you liked too good it, though, a mystery. We'll talk. I'm gratified that you did enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I sometimes think I tend towards sort of some kind of tacky material. Well, it, I'll just leap in we'll talk. on it oh okay for one thing it was done by the bbc it wasn't an american production okay so that, that that was interesting there were a lot of talking heads mm -hmm. but the mystery really evolved i mean it, it was just sort of one wah after mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. one cliffhanger after another yeah and even as you are with them and you kind of get a clue about what's going on mm -hmm. it's still unbelievable yes it's a jaw dropper so that main character though is a uh, he, he's a collector of old books you know antique books that are yes. that have importance in the history of the mormon church and now that you tell me that it's BBC. That's interesting because they did show in one part where in the past when he was a young Mormon and went on his mission. Oh, he went to, he went to Manchester, England. And apparently yes. they've got this huge setup. The Mormons are really big in Manchester for some reason. I can't wrap my head around that. I just thought that Mormonism well, actually, it's a very fast growing religion Still? around the world. I thought it was in other countries and that those yeah, men the go on their thing. missions yeah. yes, to other countries but it never even occurred occurred to me that it was in England. That just seemed like one of those religions that they would scoff at. It's yeah, so yeah. American. Yeah, they go to the Congo or something. Which they do in the Book of Mormon. They go to Uganda. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have, I've still never seen the Book of Mormon. It's crazy. Oh, all you have to do is listen to the cast album because okay. it's almost all sung. Right, There's right. very little dialogue in it. And it's just a perfect musical. That's all I can say about the Book of Mormon, except that it's, it's I mean, uh, about the... The murder, murder among, among the Mormons. It's well done. I thought it was well paced mm -hmm. and it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's not what you expect. Yeah. So good recommendation. And now we get to talk about Matt Gates. Oh, Matt Gates. Yeah. So <sighs> this really brings out the Schadenfreude in me. I just am enjoying so much watching Republicans flee from him, the junior oh, right. congressman from Florida. Yeah. And I guess what happened was there was a tax collector in Seminole County, Florida, named Joel Greenberg. And he got deeply into women and drugs and sort of got Matt Gates involved in it as well. So they did really stupid things like paying for these women with Apple Pay for prostitutes. Wow. And the real trouble that he's in is if he had sex with an underage girl who was 17 at the time. And the question is whether he paid her for sex or gave her gifts in exchange for sex and also got her to cross state lines. That's really bad. Oh, right. So the if, crossing of state lines yeah. makes everything 20 times worse, right? Oh, yeah. It, at least 20 times worse. Yeah. So now what's interesting to me is what a Trump sycophant this man has mm -hmm. been mm -hmm. and how he has gone out of his way to be the most Trumpiest, most outspoken of mm -hmm. Trump supporters. 
he's kind of like Marjorie Taylor Greene if you took yep. away the QAnon shit. Yeah. He was the one who excoriated Lynn Cheney. Um, Lynn Cheney, is that her mm-hmm. name? No, that's, is that her oh, name? Oh, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney excoriated her for voting to impeach Trump. Right, that too. And I bet she is just having uh, a martini and kicking back today. I guess so. Just watching MSNBC and having a good time. What's so interesting to me about Republicans and their scandals is that they're always on the other side of the thing that they're talking about on the opposite side of their mouths, mm-hmm. you know, being sanctimonious and pro-life and right. Democrats don't have those kinds of scandals. Yeah, I mean, we had Bill Clinton. We had Anthony Weiner. Ew, we did have Anthony Weiner. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did have Anthony Weiner. <laughs> we did, yeah. But we rejected Anthony Weiner. <laughs> we rejected him. And the Republicans, they're not rejecting him. Are they, they not? Are, wow. No, they're they're fleeing from him, but they haven't taken away any of his committee oh, assignments really? or anything like that. Kevin hmm. McCarthy, I don't think he said that he's going to. Nancy Pelosi definitely said he should be stripped of his committees. Mm-hmm. But I just look at this as another one of those absolutely corrupt scenarios where there just is nothing. I mean, Anthony Weiner is an aberration. He was unique in the Democratic Party mm-hmm. and he didn't really get very far. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't I think it was because of Huma Aberdeen that he had as much press as he did. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was married to Hillary Clinton's right. sort of second in command. Right. You know, the scandals that have gone on and a lot of it has to do with it's that thing of being caught with a dead woman or a live oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently Matt Gates, he has a relationship with a young man that he lives with named Nestor. Oh my god. Have gosh. you never heard of this? No. Yes. And I don't know if he's I don't know exactly what the deal is with Nestor. I just know that he's he's much younger and that I think that they live together. Right. That he's not in a relationship with him. Although when Stephanie Miller heard about Matt Gates and all of his troubles, she was very surprised that it was with women. Right. <laughs> not with men. Right. So this is another one where they're eating their tails. I've I've tried not to watch too much about it, but it seems like he considers himself a bit of a Don Juan because there's been these things about he he brags to other Congress people about his exploits. And, and he's shown nude photographs of women he was sleeping oh, with oh, to gosh. other members so of Congress. So there you go. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. But no, he, he's not appealing. Good hair notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, let's say it, not my type. I guess the big question is, what is to happen with him? What more needs to happen before really? he is kicked out? It's ha- I mean, how long did it take them to get rid of Al Franken because he a you day. Know, was too too touchy feeling? Exactly. You know? That's what I mean. We yeah. shove those people out. I know at this first whiff of impropriety. Right. And yet Republicans just ignore it. Yeah. The only one who has survived is the governor of Virginia. Oh, yeah, that's right. Northam. I hope that's right. And he just hung on because he could, because his second in command was accused of some sexual impropriety. Yeah. That was why he got to stay. That's right. That's right. But we just reject that kind of behavior and Republicans tolerate it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's really interesting. But it's true that all the things they say they're against, they're not. The family, they're not for the family, or they would vote for different economic policies that supported exactly. families. The deficit, they're not against deficits, or they wouldn't be doing tax giveaways to the wealthiest 0.1%. Military, everything they say they're for, they're everything. not for. Everything. Even the police, they're not for. Even the cops, they weren't for in January 6th. 
that's well, right more will be revealed right with with matt gates but it'll be interesting it's one of those stories that you just feel like taking a shower after right reading about it it really has the whiff of nastiness you know speaking mendacity. of mendacity <laughs> speaking of republican southerners this isn't on our agenda but do you want to talk a second about coke and delta and and major league baseball pulling out of georgia or, yes, let's. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I'm thrilled it, about that. It fits with that whole idea of Republicans say there for one thing. So now Brian Kemp, is that the name of the governor of, of, of Georgia? Georgia? Yes. So he, I heard him today. He's saying, oh, we're not going to be intimidated because the CEOs of these companies want to side with people like Stacey Abrams, Stacey and, Abrams and those yes. leftists, you know. Yes. Oh, and then what did I hear today? That the Republican delegation of the state Senate of Georgia is saying they don't want any Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola taken out of the building. No Coke machine. Of course machines, they do. No Coke and all that. And my post for that was, it's not Coke they hate. It's democracy. Yes. That's what they hate. They do. They hate the idea that- That the people decide. That the people decide. And to them, it's the wrong people who decide. Mm -hmm. People that shouldn't be counted as people, which exactly. takes us right back to where we started in this crazy country. And the thing I'm waiting for is is it Arkansas that they have banned for girls sports? Mm -hmm. They've now said girls cannot participate in sports if they are trans. The way that the right is going after trans people, it's obscene. Yeah. Now, because people accept that there are gay brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and mm -hmm. sons and daughters. Yeah. Now that that has become a fact of life, they're going after trans people because that's less familiar. That's right. a little scarier. People just don't quite understand mm -hmm. how Melissa can become mad. I, I think Republicans, when something new happens in terms of including a new group of our population that has hitherto been excluded. I think Republicans need 20 years to get over their resistance. Yeah. And then and then they're okay. They have to scream and yell for 20 years and then they're okay. I heard today that the percentage of people who approve of gay marriage has skyrocketed. It's like almost it's the huge. whole population. And yet they were so against it. And it was such a hot button issue. Or same with social security. They thought it was communism. And now, God forbid, you should say you're going to cut back on it. It's yes. their favorite thing. You know, they're going to be doing the same thing about Obama. Obamacare in 15 years. Any threat to it, they're going to say, don't take that away. I need that Obamacare. Well, so, how about the stimulus package that they're now taking credit for? Right. That they all voted against. That too. That only took about 20 minutes instead of 20 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're mm. just so two-faced. Maybe they're just totally terrified by change. So anything that sounds new and different just freaks them out. A part of me can understand that. Mm -hmm. A part of me is afraid of change. Right. And afraid of change that I don't understand. I absolutely get that. Right. At the same time, there is humanity. Mm -hmm. There is a way of viewing humanity that's either inclusive and where you open your arms and say, yes. you're another human being and right. I'm going to treat you well. Right. I'm going to override my my discomfort and exactly. act on the side of generosity. Yes. Yeah. Or there's the Republican way of doing it, which mm -hmm. is to say no further stay back. Yeah. Don't get close to me. It's interesting. Maybe too, it, there's something to do with leadership style and leadership relative to change. In other words, you had Reagan, who was a powerful leader, a powerful public speaker. He inspired people, but his words were all based on otherizing groups yes. in, in our country. And then you have someone more like an Obama or a, the way Biden's turning out, where they're in power, they're in leadership, they, they've been given by the people somehow they have 
acquired this bully pulpit and this power, but they are using it to encourage us to be kinder. Yes. And you know, Biden has gone much farther than Obama did. Obama was- He was hampered. I heard a lot of Black Americans talk about the fact that he hadn't done anything for Black people. Yeah, Cornel West didn't like him at all. Because he didn't put into place any policies Mm -hmm. that helped to advantage the disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. And Well, it's hard to judge him because being Black and being in power like that, he was probably keenly aware of how far he could safely go without causing a backlash that would be counterproductive. Very much so. But at least Biden, now we can talk about infrastructure because infrastructure now is involving roads and bridges and tunnels, Mm -hmm. just like we expected to. Mm -hmm. But it also involves racial equality Mm -hmm. and climate change. It addresses climate change. Climate and internet access even. Yes. It's part of infrastructure. And I think that's part of the whole thing of racial equality. Mm -hmm. One thing that I found fascinating, when the highways were put in, in the 50s, I think, Mm -hmm. entire Mm -hmm. communities were separated where the on-ramps and off-ramps and the freeway were placed. That's right. And a good chunk of the infrastructure plan will go to, the details are not available, but will go to finding a way to heal those communities Mm. because it mostly happened to black and brown communities. That were bypassed when the highway system was put in? They weren't bypassed. They, they were actually bisected. Oh, I see. Their whole, you know, there there was um, one community that was discussed in the New York Times, and I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was a really sort of kind of a pastoral Black town. Mm-hmm. And a freeway came in yeah. and tore it asunder. Right. And it's never been the same since. Now it has crime that it didn't have before. And a lot of that happened. So that's true. There's unintended consequences. There must have been a lot of small towns, too, that were not put along the route of the new highway that must have also kind of gone bust or at least had economic problems. Yes, I'm sure that that's true. One of the things it's going to also be included is I wanted to just go back and discuss it as far as its concept, because infrastructure used to be those things that basically were about poured concrete. Right. And yet now Biden is looking at this as the inner workings of our society Mm -hmm. and how that's affected by, frankly, by money and how inequitable it is that people who are caregivers to those who are sick or those who are elderly get paid an average of $12 an hour. Wow. 90% are women and 40% are women of color. Mm -hmm. So that's a gross inequity given the amount of care that is required of them in Mm -hmm. those jobs. Mm -hmm. And so raising that ceiling on their salaries is also included. Right. I mean, so many interesting things are included in this, and it is a high-speed internet in rural areas or in right. areas that simply don't have the purchasing power to warrant having those cables or whatever it is that's out there. Right, right. I don't even know how high-speed internet works. Is it? Is it um, those uh, fiber optic things? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think they have to lay cable in the ground. That's what I thought. That's what's kind of brilliant, I think, about what Biden's doing is he's doing stuff that's going to support rural areas, which are not the areas that support him, but he's doing it anyway. Which is really actually very smart. It is smart. But I don't know that it will be done in time for the election in I don't know. What I like, yeah, his his MO is, and he said it, that Republican lawmakers don't have much of a good answer for it. He says, I'm doing stuff that is bipartisan in the country. 
I'm doing things that have the support of Americans who are both Democrat and Republican. That's right. Now, he says, in the Senate, in the Congress? No, I don't have bipartisan support there, but I have bipartisan support in the country. And he's kind of calling them on their own Yeah, I think it's going to be very hard for people once those projects get started. Mm-hmm. And once we see the way the country is going, you know, it's it's been labeled as socialism and communism right. and big government and all of that. But right. it's really saying we're going to do the things that only really government can do. Can do. And the benefits that benefit ordinary people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm really proud to have voted for this man who is looking at social inequity and climate change as they all are together. It's all part of the same thing. It's kind of cool. And he's been around long enough that it, there's a certain fearlessness to him yes. about doing that. He's not tiptoeing. That uh-huh. I guess that was maybe if people had complaints about Obama, that might have been one of them was that he was timid in terms of implementing change. But I forgive him for that because of the race issue. Yeah, it's almost I have this feeling that Biden's a Trojan horse. And once he got in power, we find out he's really Franklin Roosevelt. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Which is great, you know. (laughs) Well, he's a true leader. And, you know, I didn't vote for him. I voted for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, I did too in the primary. Yeah, in the primary. Because I just thought he's a doddering old fool. I just can't get over it. And one of the things he says all the time out of his tics is, come on, man. I know. That's it. He he used it on Trump when Trump said weird shit, you know, in one of the debates. But he says it in general towards the Republicans when they oppose this very common sense stuff that's designed to help Americans. And it's yeah. like, he just has no patience for that <laughs> kind of mindless opposition. I know. Well, that, you know? that sort of politics for politics sake. Yes. Opposing it just to be an, an opponent. And, they, and the Republicans have nothing to replace his ideas with. No. They have no ideas at all. Their only that, idea is we're against you. That's, that's why they right. didn't even have a platform for Trump this year. They had nothing. Last year. They had nothing to stand on. They didn't. They literally did not put forth a platform. I mean, they Wasn't didn't even try. Weird? They didn't even try to fake it. <laughs> I think that they did talk about the wall. Oh, they yeah. Did continue to talk about the wall, but that was the only thing that was mentioned in his speeches. Yeah. That yeah. was part of, I mean, they, they certainly didn't talk about infrastructure because that was the one yes. thing that people really wanted him to talk about but it shows it it shows how how nasty they are because they use that wall to trigger people who need an infrastructure plan but aren't going to get it as republicans yeah with republicans in power so if they fire them up about the wall they'll be too fired up to notice that they really need infrastructure, that they yes. really need health care, yes. that they really need an economic stimulus while we get through COVID. Yes, it's interesting because, well, that just goes back to why people vote against their own best interests. But yeah. that's that's a whole other thing. But like I said, I don't want to go off on a tangent oh, because yeah. we have so many other things to talk about. Yes. You saw Sound of Metal. I did. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the title turned me off weeks ago or months ago because I thought it was a, a movie about heavy metal music. Yeah. And I don't just, I just don't relate to that music very well. Though it does start out at a concert of a heavy metal concert. Boy, it's a story about being human. It's, Isn't it? I really think it's great. I, yeah. I'm so impressed that there are at least four, what I consider in my layman's viewpoint about movies, deeply moving films that are nominated this year. That one, yeah. and I think uh, Nomadland also has that going for it. Minari, Judas, Black Messiah. There's. Did you the- see Nomadland? Yeah, I did see it. I saw oh, it last week. We haven't talked about that. Okay. How you felt about it? But let's let's stay with Sound of with Metal. Sound because- of Metal. Okay, focus. 
Reza Ahmed yes. is the lead actor in it. There's something about looking into Reza Ahmed's eyes. Mm-hmm. He has such warmth and mm-hmm. depth. And he plays such a confused character. He's, he's so distressed at his physical circumstances and what's happening to him yeah and i didn't mean to jump in i'm just oh you know i'm such a fan of the film that yeah I'm... no no it's all it's all good he, he's wonderful his character is so beautiful i mean it's just a portrayal of the vulnerability we are subject to as human beings you know with our, our physicality and and other things about life and you know gosh you just identify with him so fully because yes. He had plans, really, basically. He had plans. He had a vision of his life going a certain way. And he got radically turned in a different direction, not by his own choosing. Boy, I he he handles it pretty well, I think. I mean all things considered. Yeah. But he resists. I mean, that that's the other thing. He does resist, but then I don't know how much we should say about the plot, but I mean, you know, he goes through a process of kind of coming to some peace with this new normal and finding other aspects of him and other ways of relating to people that he hadn't had access to prior. It's very moving. I just loved it. I did too. I just thought that they showed the beauty of the deaf community. Yeah. Also, the sort of radical element of it, which was, we are not less than. Right. You just don't speak our language, but we don't have to speak your language. Right. American Sign Language is so beautiful to see it. Yeah. It's just, it's like watching a a dance concert Mm -hmm. in a way. It's so expressive. Mm -hmm. I just love that aspect of it. Yeah. He was just, you couldn't just stop looking at him he he's just so interesting yeah you know know, he had to learn american sign language and had to learn how to play the drums oh wow this part yeah i know he's a rapper Mm, really yes he's quite famous for being a rapper oh i didn't know that he does both things equally Oh, okay. And I heard a little of his rap. I can't judge it because I'm not, you know, that familiar with the form. Okay, Boomer. (laughs) (laughs) Am I giving my age away? (laughs) Okay, Boomer. No, he was so engaging and so human and beautiful. I'm glad you liked it. I was really moved by it. In a way, it fits together with Nomadland, I think, in that it's a lot about you see the introspective process of the main character. Same as Mm -hmm. with Frances McDormand. There's Mm -hmm. a lot that's not spoken where you're just, you're seeing her, she's in isolation. Yeah. And and he is too, the, from, from the hearing problem, he's thrown into a kind of isolation he's not used to. And you see them, I guess, in their isolation. And maybe that's why movies like this are coming out now is because we've all been isolated. You maybe. Know? The thing that I, I would say about two of them is that they're both on journeys and they're both raw. They're yes. both stripped down to their essence. Right. And it's interesting that I was going to say they're, they're not self-pitying. And they're not, although I think the Ruben in the sound, the sound of music, I was going to say, in the, <laughs> in the, the hills are alive with the sound of metal. He goes through a process that involves uh, maybe a necessary stage of feeling sad, sorry for himself, but they're kind of heroic in the way they accept what life has thrown at them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it doesn't and- mean that they're happy clappy, but they somehow have a dignity just in their living. They're experiencing life yes. and, and it's painful sight. Yes. And there's very little dialogue in Nomadland. That's true, too. There's a lot of silence. And I think of it as those those vistas, those vast expanses that she right. drives through. Right. And how part of the natural world she is in her own little van and, yeah. and how she's 
so cut back to really to her essence in mm -hmm. a way there's no there's no cover for it I, I thought it was it happens at the very beginning of the film where someone says Are you homeless I heard you're homeless and she says I'm not homeless just houseless yeah and that really said to me this woman has great dignity right she's not looking for self-pity she has no self-pity mm -hmm. and she is willing to admit that her circumstances are not what she would ideally like but that right. she is okay with it yes and still with both of them they're they're not i'm calling them heroic but yet they're also human and they have their own demons that they're dealing with and mm. running away from yeah. and that through the path of the story they're brought face to face with but it's it's important not to overly heroicize them they're they're people no they're they so are people as, yeah. as you're saying, they're they're flawed humans. Yes, yes. Struggling with their humanity. That's right. Basically. Yeah. So when you watch the movie, you get the experience of being okay with yourself about your humanness because you're seeing them yeah. come to some kind of peace with it. Very true. Well, we just chatted up a storm. We did. Cool. So now we have to say goodbye to our boomer friends. We do. Now it's time to say goodnight. Good night. Good night. <laughs> get Bye, those boomers. shots. Bye. Talk to you next week.